Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Saturday, October 7th, 2017. I'm Alex Kalafi, joined today for a two-man panel to discuss the recent Nintendo World Championships, as well as what we've been playing, and just, just a few other things along the way. I'm joined by Donald Terrio as usual. Hello. All right, hang on here. I'm trying to find something. Bird and Beans meta game. Oh, it does <laughs> exist. Bird and Bee Sports. <laughs> Folks, it's 10.30 on a Saturday night. We're going to be punchy. 10.45. I am late. One, because I was having connection problems on my laptop, so I am now on my Etherneted PC, which temporarily does not have a webcam but also because i was setting up my wii u because i bought a copy of bayonetta 1 plus 2 today for 25 bucks and i'm very excited about that and i had to wipe a thick layer of dust off my wii u today and uh, i ended up getting down a rabbit hole where it was 10 24 but hey it's time to play mangrove cove on tropical freeze and uh it, w- it was a little bit of a, of a cluster getting here but we are here now how are you doing donald all right, I had to do some dusting of my own on my PS4 because there's still no YouTube app on the Switch. Oh, yeah, there is no YouTube app on the Switch, but you could watch anything you need on Nico Nico. Yeah, except they, I, except I don't speak Japanese enough to figure out the navigation for that Nico Nico app, and I don't think they were showing the worlds anyway. That app works beautifully, though. Okay. Yeah. Have you not used it? I I haven't. I mean, it's only like I thought it was like region locked for Japan. Yeah. It well, I don't I I don't think it's region locked for Japan. I got it from the eShop and I'm doing I'm doing pretty well as, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I've got the Japanese account and I'm sure they have something on some I'm wondering if I booted up with my Canadian Nintendo account if it would actually display in English. It just might Donald. Yeah. This is going to be a bit of an off-topic show today. Well, not too off-topic, but there was very little news, and the Nintendo World Championships didn't bring that much news to us, which we're going to talk about in a second. So we're going to talk about the championships now, and then we have some new business to discuss, because I was out for two weeks, which means I had time to start and finish several video games, including several ones relevant to the show. But Donald... You were here for the entire four-hour Nintendo World Championship stream, isn't that right? Yep, the whole thing, although um, I was getting some issues with my uh, streaming device of choice, so I had to kick out occasionally, but uh, it was a... It was a good. It was a good show. If you were going in expecting a lot of video games to be played, and they certainly dug into the obscurities at some point, at some points. But if you were going into this thinking it would be like 2015 with all the announcements. Maybe we should have all realized that the 2015 championships took place at E3, so there was way more reason to announce stuff. Right, as opposed to this Nintendo World Championships, which took place only a couple weeks after Nintendo Direct. Yeah, and which which realistically, the only, the only things that got announced in there were this month's ARMS update, and hey, one of Nintendo's executives got a promotion, aside from a little tease at the beginning, which was completely obscured with Mario sounds for some reason. Wait, which executive got a promotion? 
Doug Bowser. He's now a senior VP instead of just a VP. Yeah, he was the one who handed out the trophy tonight, and I don't know why that is because Reggie did it the first time, which is which is symbolic because it was a big thing. It was the first time they'd done it, and since 1990. And Doug Bowser's a, a cool guy, and and I, I liked hearing him talk because he, he sounded like his press releases. But I I like does that mean that it's not as big of a deal as the 2015 one because he was there talking and not Reggie? Or are they trying to put him in front of the spotlight the way the same way they did with Audrey a few years ago and the same way they did more with Trinan? Yeah, I think I think they're just trying to get more more people's names out there because Reggie is probably busy doing executive level stuff more than being the public face of the company at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Reggie's busy making video games, including the top secret, highly anticipated muffle coin muffle sound. muffle coin sound coin. coin sound mushroom sound coin sound. I tried to read Super Smash Brothers out of it immediately. But I'm pretty sure, after watching it a few times, he was saying something like, and now I'm going to keep talking to keep talking to something something. Like, I think, I, like, or whatever I need, like, I think he was saying stuff like that. I don't think he was actually saying yeah, a game he, title. He's, he's not going to give anything, he's not going to give anything away. And maybe at that point, the, um, they, we should have taken that, oh, it's probably just going to be game showing. Like, they're just going to show, they're going to play some odd stuff tonight. And they said, like, we were, and like, we, we had a couple people there live, including Justin and Neil. And they, they were, they said there'd be some interesting reveals. It turns out they were the fact that they were going to play stuff like Mario Brothers Deluxe's multiplayer mode, or, or they were going to do Donkey Kong Country Returns. Or birds and beans. Bird and beans. Zach Miller's game of forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I came at this very two sided. For one, I kind of wanted an announcement, but I I noted on Twitter, uh, who else here emotionally conflicted because he wanted Nintendo to announce a new game, but admit that it's your fault for expecting it. They never said they were going to announce a new game. On the yeah, other we, hand, yeah. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the precedent was set two years ago with, you know, they had they had something in the pregame show and then really went and blew out Super Mario Maker. But again, that was also at E3, whereas this year they just did a boss fight for Mario Odyssey, which, hey, it was cool and nice to And so I'll know how to do that in three weeks. But yeah, they didn't really have they didn't really go very far with announcements. And that's where the on the other hand was. Because last time set the precedent with the first Mario Maker appearance that showed off Mario Maker as actually kind of a sick video game. And was also where they unveiled Earthbound Beginnings and released it for Western audience. What bothered me a little bit was how Reggie did that thing at the beginning. Because it almost sounded like they were setting up for a tease that didn't happen. And then all of the quote-unquote announcements were just what games we're going to be playing. And then, uh, what's-her-face? The the GameStop woman, the the one who was hosting. Uh, Andrea Renee. Andrea Renee. She was like, none of you guys are going to expect this. It's totally the game 100% of people were expecting. <laughs> Especially since the previous two games were Mario Maker and Mario Brothers Deluxe. It's like, yeah, we know where this is going. 
Yeah, and I I also think it's a little silly that they're trying to make it seem like it's this big Super Mario Brothers 3 reveal when I played uh, Super Mario Odyssey only six hours ago at a GameStop where there was no line and I played the demo twice, which it might have been the E3 demo, but I, I got to play that game for like two nine-minute stretches in a row, which we'll talk about soon. But it's it kind of felt like this was a more low-key event than many of us, including myself, anticipated. But Neil made a very good point uh, when he wrote to me on Twitter. He said, I'm somewhat happy it set precedent and I don't have to expect news at future tournaments. And that's that's what's important, too. Yeah. Because without the precedence of news, it almost allows this thing to be taken more seriously as an event on its own right. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean... I thought, you know, if they were if they were going to do the Smash Game of the Year edition, this would have been the perfect place to do it, especially since they did Smash for Wii U twice. Mm-hmm. Like, at that point, it's like, okay, are you, like, is this not coming to Switch? Are you just jumping to Smash 5 at this point? Which, in in some ways, is, a, is an issue, especially since <laughs> those games are going to lose some functionality in the very near future. But... If they're going ahead with Smash Five, that's probably some. That is either really big direct news, or that is something you save for E three. Mm-hmm. Let's actually touch on it. So Thomas G is the new champion. He beat fan favorite John Numbers, who yeah. seemed to take that loss like a champ. If I was looking at the stream correctly, yeah, he he. He had uh, in the in the third round, which was a a race to a Mario Odyssey boss. Uh, John did have one big mistake that cost him a ton of time. He just couldn't catch up from. And it was it was such a mistake that like it seemed so avoidable, and it's almost like you saw it happening in slow motion when that bullet bill hit the pillar. Yeah, yeah, it's... and and if that didn't happen, he would have won. And he ended up like catching up almost entirely. Like he got he got to the boss fight, and I think he did manage to get a hit in bef- on the boss before the third hit from Thomas J. So uh, he did a he defended his title incredibly well. He didn't even go to the underground once during yeah. the whole thing. So he so that was a win well deserved for Thomas. Yeah, and I, I'm I'll admit I'm kind of rooting for uh, Mr. Numbers next year. He 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 handles his championship well, and then Thomas uh, Thomas G. I have high hopes for him too. Let's let's just let's just hope that next year they don't bust out Mario Party as a that mini game. That, that was pretty funny. Ms. K three says, "What? I guess I'm going to GameStop tomorrow." Yeah, and the Switch demo units that exist uh, across GameStops and Best Buys in the United States, although it's not at every location, uh, the the they have been updated with super mario odyssey it is the desert and ice world um i played two stretches of that with my friend and it seems awesome mario controls pretty airy controlling the bullet bill is fun as heck i i don't have too much to say that everyone else hasn't played already except that it made me really excited for Mario Odyssey coming out in a few weeks. Donald, am I hearing just a little bit of myself through you right now? I, th- I think you might hang on. Yeah, because I got a he- I've got a headset mic, so that might be the reason why. Okay. Okay. Um 
yeah, so feel free to look forward to playing that. My friend who is who was a big Mario guy, he also had a fantastic time. As far as I know, the big games this year are going to be Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, and one game I'm going to be talking about later on when it comes to new business that is not a Nintendo game that I have been playing and loving. Douglas Roth says October 27th can't come fast enough. You have Mario Odyssey coming out that day. You have Stranger Things Season 2 coming out that day. It is an Assassin's Creed Origins coming out that day. Uh, it is, along with, uh, along with future Switch game Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wolfenstein 2. The new Colossus. That game looks pretty fun too. A, a, a suddenly, a suddenly politically controversial game for some stupid reason. It has it gotten politically controversial? Oh, just some. They they put it. They they had the ad campaign that you would expect for a game in the Wolfenstein series, and well, some was Twitter bot. Was Twitter that bot. the uh, the Twitter thing where they did nine seconds of like m- Nazis marching to this like kind of funky beat? And then they have like a hashtag that was used for uh, the the people that like some people have been calling Nazis uh, on the internet. Like, is is that is that what happened? Uh, it literally was something that just said "no more Nazis in USA" or something along those lines. And some of the repl- some of let's just say some of the replies necessitated a very a very positive and very and a sadly needed statement from Pete Hines with Bethesda. Right. Yeah, uh, political toxicity is something that I try to avoid as as much as possible. It's, it's going to be kind of. I think, it, unfortunately, it's going to be. It, it turns out it's kind of hard to avoid it with this game this year. Yeah, uh, back back to the actual fun stuff. Max Mao were good sportsmanship among the competitors, even the kids. I agree. Douglas Roth says, "What were your favorite parts on the Nintendo World Championships, Donald?" Um. I think the I think the some of the ways that they had to break the ties were interesting, especially the ones in uh, the ones in Donkey Kong Country Returns, and the the and seeing some of the insane distances you can get without even using the bat in the home run contest. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, one of them got like eight thousand feet or something, right? Yeah, eight thousand feet using the reverse warlock punch of Ganondorf. Mm. I would say I, I actually ended up seeing a limited section of the direct because I was out all day. But my favorite things were one seeing on Twitter that Bird and Beans got announced as <laughs> one of the underground games. <laughs> yeah, it's like wait, where I, I know they like to go to the obscurities, but what's next? Urban Champion? <laughs> Urban Champion 3D would be a fun game to use here. Or you know what it would be? It would be a game that we would think would be a fun game to use here, and then it would just be super boring and everyone would want to move on to the next thing. Not because Urban Champion is a bad video game or anything, although Although that is what I'm directly insinuating. (laughs) Urban Champion is a bad video game. It is a primitive video game, if if we're going to put it uh, gently. I also liked from the parts that I did see Super Mario Bros. Deluxe was a good grand final. I thought the Super Mario Maker level was very well constructed. I thought the Super Mario Odyssey, despite my not disappointments, but my come on, like it's, we all knew this is what it was going to be. I thought that was very well designed. And I thought the, the idea of making 
the regular rounds, the obvious games, and the underground rounds, sort of the more obscure stuff, was a super clever decision on Nintendo's part. Yeah. Although, if the three Mario Party minigames that they showed in Mario Party at the top 100 are any indication of what that game is going to be like, I am running away from that game at Mach 2. Yeah, yeah. Doug says, I've never heard of Bird and Beans. Bird and Beans is a WarioWare minigame that is available on the eShop and the DSiWare, or was available on the DSiWare shop for $1.99. It's a fun little thing. It it's also it's a it's a mini game unlockable I think in the first WarioWare game for I the one so. the one that is an ambassador title, and um, it has a very shall we say interesting history with this website. Does it really? Um, there was some issues when Zach reviewed it. We'll have to ha- <laughs> at some point we'll get him drunk and ask him about it. Burden Beans Nintendo World report let's see what let's see what this has to say my my understanding is since this happened before i even started visiting nwr on the regular is that zach was not aware that there was an entire second mode in the dsi where it release <laughs> he gave it a four out of ten this thing's short enough that i could read the whole thing i won't but let me see uh, okay, I'll I'll read the first paragraph because it's very short. The last paragraph doesn't say anything. This is in the old NWR review format rather than the new one. Burden Beans is one of the launched games on the DSiWare service, along with Art Styles Aquia, WarioWare Snapped, and a few others. While it only costs two hundred points or two dollars, it isn't worth any more than that. It is a fun distraction, but there's virtually no content, and it has the air of a cell phone game. Something to play on the elevator, but nothing you would play for more than a few minutes. The title pretty much sums everything up. You control a bird who has a chameleon-like tongue. Your actions are limited to moving left and right and slurping up beans as they fall from the sky. Yeah, I won't read the whole thing, although that's basically the review. Uh, As for the scores, he gave graphics a (laughs) 3. He gave sound a 4. He gave gameplay a 5. He gave last ability a 3. And he gave control a 10. (laughs) <laughs> well, to be fair, it's not very hard. It's kind of hard to botch move left and right, hit button to slurp. I almost thought that the control was the worst part of Burden Beans. At least it had a funny aesthetic to it. In Burden Beans, you can only go diagonal. I don't know. I, I thought it was a fun game, though. I'd probably only give the control like a seven, but I'd, <laughs> I'd give the gameplay a seven. I'd give the sound. I'd give that whole thing a seven. I, I'm just kind of glad that we don't have to do like individual point scores nowadays. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's the kind of thing where every reviewer would have their own different rules. Like, gameplay would often be the exact same as the final score, even though the other scores were wildly different numbers, and some people just did a straight average. Like, it, it I, I think it was... It was a fun thing when I was reading on the website, but after I started writing reviews on my own, I was glad we switched to a more straightforward style. And if that's if that's a fair way to phrase that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If that answers uh, everyone's question, Super Mario Bros. Deluxe, I'd never seen that much of that game before. Anyways. That covers the Nintendo World Championships, but they did reveal one little piece of news 
during the arms segment. They sort of touched on the update. There's going to be badges. Do those mean anything other than just being like fighting game badges that you can put on your profile? They they represent in-game achievements. Like that's okay. the main way that you get them. Oh, so, so it's totally an offline thing. Yeah. Okay. So it's but not you can, even, yeah. but you can put a badge on to say, I I won a hundred matches with Twintel, or I beat the game at so and such and such a difficulty level. Assuming those are examples of what the achievements would be. Mm-hmm. It also showed off much more interestingly a potential new character which appears to be a robotic version of Springman, which is pretty cool. It, it might be a new costume, as you note in your news story. Yeah, they, they, it just he because he appears in the in the roll call of characters at the start of the trailer. And it's like, okay, is that just is that something brand new? Are we talking? Are we actually getting robotic, or are we doing? Are we going to have alternate skins for everybody? Yeah, where where are you at on arms? Are you still playing it at all? I I actually didn't it, it didn't stick with me long enough and I it's the first Switch game I ever traded in. Oh boy. Yeah. I I got more than what I paid for it because of a promo, so I I honestly at this honestly the last couple of months have just been in a way that I really haven't had much time to play it at all anyway. Yeah, arms just didn't do it for me, which is a shame because I I adore the aesthetic. I I wonder if I got what I needed from that game just from the test punch. Mm-hmm. Like I would give the te- like I I think the test punch is on the is on the lower reaches of my game of the year list right now, whereas the final game, eh, not so much. I almost feel done with that franchise. Which is not me being overly negative. Like I I'd probably given a good arms to a chance. I don't know. The 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 gameplay didn't do it for me, and I almost feel like the Zeitgeist's attitude towards arms is taking a similar approach to yeah. how we feel, which is not to speak for uh, some people are still playing arms I, I, every ding dong day. But I it almost feels like once Splatoon came out and once Metroid came out, which is on a different platform, I know, and and once Mario Rabbids came out, it it feels like the world moved past arms in a way that that just didn't happen for the first Splatoon or Mario Maker. Yeah, I, I definitely feel it, and I I'm not I'm very curious to see if Pokemon is going to be the thing that finishes that finishes arm off arms off once and for all. Musically, Could, uh, go go ahead. Just. Looking at so what they've done comparatively in the regions where we have data for it, I think Pokemon is holding way better than Armstead. Yeah, I um, I started going to a fight night that's in a video game cafe near my apartment, and and I do have one of those, and and it's 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 a pretty neat place. And as part of our fight night, there are a few switches switches set up for Pokemon Tournament DX, and it's relatively healthy. There are there are no such setups for arms. Um, it, it seems like the fighting game community didn't latch on to that game, yeah. or at, at least like the the fighting game fighting game community didn't latch onto it because they seem pretty happy with Tekken. I'd say 
Yeah, I I'll be I'll be intrigued to see what happens with uh, Evo Japan this year because I believe Nintendo is fronting a lot of money to get arms into the main field for that tournament. Good. It'll be, an, it'll be a sign of it'll be interesting to see how, how many and how many people actually enter that tournament. Very nice. Max asks musically, "Arms or Splatoon Two? Splatoon Two is an overall, but I would say Arms is main theme." is the best song out of both of those games. Yeah. Our arms is number one, but Splatoon 2 is like two through eight, if we're doing like a top ten list. <laughs> of, of individual tracks, yes, yes. Curtis says, I haven't played ARMS in a while, but I still love playing it when I do. I feel like it would have been better as a launch game. Yeah, ARMS would have much better found its footing if it was a launch game. I don't mind that they put it as a game a couple months later. It's just I needed a beefier game for it to be a few months later launch. Mm. Yeah, and, and he adds people would have forgave it more. Hylian asks, is Neil here? He went to the World Championships with Justin. He is, um, at last report, he was still on a train headed back home because remember, he lives in New Jersey. Yeah. So coming from downtown New York, that's going to be a bit of a track. Yeah. My, my guess is we probably won't see anything from him tonight. The other arms thing that happened, and I don't know, I, I don't think we reported, and, and it's not a huge story, so we didn't necessarily need to report on it, but they're putting out an arms graphic novel late next year, and it's going to be one in a series. And I think that's great. Mm. The world Maybe in that that'll give... awesome. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of mystery to that game. There was a lot of mystery to that game. That sure the Twitter account, but there's still a lot to unpack with the with the Arms universe. And if we're not going to get a game of it, like a sequel to the game now, maybe these graphic novels will flesh it out a bit more. I concur. So we talked about the championships. We talked about Arms. We talked about the Odyssey demo. It's pretty good. Excited for the 27th, which is just under three weeks away. And I think the only thing we have left is some new business on our hands. Unless you had anything to add, Donald. That the the last three, like the last three weeks have had a set of insane Switch releases that I really wish I could talk about in new business, but we're not going to get, I haven't been able to get to them. Uh, but it looks like it's going to continue next week and probably keep going right through the whole month. Yeah, because you got Stardew Valley, which a lot of people love the heck out of. You have Golf Story, which a lot of people are liking. You have a physical version of, of Retrocity Rampage. You have... I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out. What, what's coming out this week? Isn't there something good this upcoming uh, there's a couple. There's a couple of smaller physical releases, including, I think, Tiny Barbarian from Nicholas. And there's also Elephant Zelda. That's fun. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Elephant Zelda. Yo, no. And the <laughs> Celestial Elephant is Thursday. That's... I get paid on Friday. It's going to... And I, I want to do some pretty heavy e-shopping, but I don't know. I might just jump in on Elephant Zelda. <laughs> they showed that during the Nindies thing, right? Right. That's where we first found out about it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 
Yeah, so because I'm two weeks out of the game, I do have some stuff to talk about. I did start and finish Metroid Samus Returns. I am in the group of people who thought that it was a very good video game. I I saw a video that's been going around the internet that sort of compared Samus Returns with AS, another Metroid. AM2R. AM2R and the original Metroid 2. And I agree that this new game is the latest victim to Nintendo sterilizing their properties. <laughs> like, it does feel like this game misses a bit of the mood of the original Metroid game. On the other hand, the gameplay's fantastic, and it is one of the most fun a Metroid... It's, it's some of the most fun a Metroid game has ever been. Like, like I think I think action suits Metroid fantastically, and I would love another game in the series... I, I also think that of Nintendo's new slash returns games, this is definitely in the top 50%. I think they could have changed the game even more by either making fewer Metroids, but making the bosses more interesting, or by sprinkling even more interesting bosses in between. The 40 Metroid thing kind of graded on me slightly after a while. I thought the new bosses were great. Um... I thought the new power-ups were great. I thought the new changes to the world were great. But I, I I, don't like it when Nintendo does that Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi type thing where none of their characters are, are allowed to have unique personalities. It's just supposed to be the barest interpretation of the character. And, and I feel like this game fell slightly prey to it, which is probably the biggest disappointment I have with it. But I also feel it's a very good game otherwise. And I mean, we're talking about a re- like this is supposed to be a ground up remake of a game that came out 25 years ago where they didn't really have all that much room for characterization to begin with. So, did, did they? I mean, I, I'm still where I was the last time we talked about it. So, I'm not that far into the game right now, but you're it doesn't really do anything to flesh out Samus any more than what we already had. Mm hmm. I agree. But, on the other hand, I played some Super Metroid, and I played just just a few minutes of Metroid Fusion to compare over the last week or two. And and this isn't a slight against either of those games, but I did find myself wishing I could point my laser in more directions than I could in those games. Uh, I, I find that feature. To be quite, quite good. Doug Roth asks, "What was your reaction when you first heard Jump Up Superstar?" That's that's the vocal track in uh, Odyssey, right? The the one everyone. Yeah, the or I've I've heard it somewhere as like "Let's do the Odyssey" or something like that. Yeah, it's I was it odd hearing a Mario song with lyrics. Yeah, and the it's odd is right in the title, and that's the best thing about this game is that it's so weird. And that, unlike so many Nintendo games over the last few years, like the new Superstar Saga remake, and the new Metroid remake, and Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, and Mario and Luigi Dream Team, and the two new Paper Mario games, they're both so scared of giving Nintendo a personality. Mario Odyssey is giving Mario a personality again. Mario has feelings, he has emotions. And a lyrical song is the best way to reflect, in my opinion, the new direction of that game. And I, I think it's wonderful. 
I don't know. Do you, do you have anything to add to that? I I've been listening to it nonstop since pretty much since E3. So it's I'm not sick of it yet, and that's the best thing I can ask for in, in something that's going to be a leitmotif for an, a, a game that's going to be as big as Mario Odyssey is. Would you describe Pauline as your one-up girl? <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see. How, I, I I have some suspicions about what she's going to do in Odyssey. So let's hold. Let's. I'm going to hold judgment on that until I've actually played through to the end of Odyssey. Doug asks, "Do we know who actually sings it?" Oh, Pauline does. Um, in in the storyline, and they haven't revealed who, the, who the, <laughs> the voice of Pauline is for that song. Yeah, yeah. Donald. Although, Husband. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if it's Leslie Swan just doing a deeper voice, I wouldn't be surprised though. Mm-hmm. How's One Piece? Um, it is. It's a lesson. It's a Kingdom Hearts where you don't have to do as much wiki diving, but also maybe because it's so inextricably tied to a franchise that I have mild familiarity with, there's probably something in there that I am missing. Mm-hmm. It's very, I mean, it's, it's a solid game if a little button mashy in the combat. And the fact that like in a game where you need healing items, it's very easy to run out and very hard to get the ability to actually restock, which is sort of setting me back right now. But I have the feeling that once I'm able to actually expand, because there's a bit of town building in between story missions that are ripped straight out of the show. And this and this game isn't isn't exactly a new a new game like it's been out on Wii U and and 3DS actually. This is just like a game of the year edition of it because mm-hmm. there's some DLC in that. I haven't really seen the the benefit of that like I did like with the Sky of Five, which you... the, the DLC in Sky of Five literally broke the game for me. Are you a fan of Nepek? Uh, One Piece. Uh. I've watched it sort of in the background because my roommate is a huge fan of it. And he actually had the 3DS game. But I I follow it, but I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of it. I think a lot of it, though, is because I've heard what happened with the dub of One Piece. What happened? Um, All those jokes you've heard about four kids are probably because of One Piece. Like they, they completely butchered it when they tried to localize it, and eventually it's like, no, we're not doing this anymore. And they, and I think every episode since about episode, because this this show's been on for about twenty years now, it's got Pokemon lengths, Pokemon length of show, if not more. And I think like there hasn't been a dub of that since I was in university. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. I beat Cuphead. Cuphead is so good. If you have an Xbox One or PC, you gotta play Cuphead. It's as good as everyone says it is. It nails the 1930s, 40s, 50s cartoon aesthetic. And and I say that not because I'm especially qualified, but as someone who has a shit ton of old Mickey Mouse and Oswald the Lucky Rabbit DVDs, I, I kind of really like my old Walt Disney cartoons. Uh, it, it's, it's, it, it nails it. It's an accomplishment that they can make Funko Pops of the Cuphead characters, and they actually look good. I pre-ordered both of them. 
Uh, not well, I didn't pre-order the Devil one, but I pre-ordered Cuphead and Mugman, and they look great. They're like ten bucks each. I I got them on Toy Wiz, and then like they'll, it's, it's no, so they'll happens. be in they'll be in GameStop within a month. It so happens that they happen to be the perfect stature for Funkos. <laughs> so it ends up working out extremely well, and it doesn't look like whatever garbage from Workaholics or Star Wars the new movies that pops or, into Best Buy. Or over or the rows upon rows of Overwatch Funkos I see whenever I go to my local EB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally Contra-type game. Lots of boss rushes, a few Contra-style levels. I would compare the flow of that game to punch out some, in, in the sense that you have to worry about boss tells. It's very hard. You learn through repetition, although if you're super good, you can technically do it the first time. Like, it's not it's not impossible to beat a punch-out boss on the first time. It's just extremely, extremely, extremely difficult. And Cuphead is, is a similar sort of fashion. Control feels tight. Game feels tight. The sound is amazing. The, the, the visuals are incredible. I, I think the game pushes the medium forward. Uh, I, and what's amazing to see in video game communities, and I consider myself to be someone who toes the line some, I, I follow NeoGAF on Twitter, so I, I can see all the new threads, and I'm, and I'm clicking on a couple NeoGAF threads every single day. But when I actually want to see my discourse... I go to 4chan and I, and I like seeing what people on V have to say because they're 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 brutal, <laughs> and and they're they're uh, sometimes the worst, sometimes the funniest. Usually, you usually not for good reasons. But I I was looking at what 4chan was saying, and everyone loves this game, even even the the brutal uh, jerks at 4chan love Cuphead and have totally taken a loving to it. NeoGAF seems to love Cuphead. Twitter seems to love Cuphead. Like, this game totally seems like a triumph. I've I've heard a lot about it, and it seems like something I'd be into, but it's just I don't really have the platforms to play it on right now. I, I wonder, given that it's done so well on Steam, I wonder if this means we'll see it in other places sooner rather than later. Like, we're getting... Because this seems like it's got the same sort of exclusivity on it that Inside did, and that came to other platforms very quickly. I hope it does. I hope it's on Switch next month. I don't think it's going to be. I think for now they're probably focusing on the two platforms that they actually have because this was such a big thing for Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft's probably bought several months of exclusivity on this, but considering it's probably their biggest it's honestly their biggest first-party release of the year now that once they unscrew Forza, that'll probably take over. Well, Forza didn't even turn out that great, considering it started the 2017 conversation about loot boxes in a big way. I mean, it didn't start it, but it's it's the reason why it's such a big conversation now, yeah. as is Shadow of War, but both of those came out. Shadow of War and now Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, all of those hitting at the same time. Uh, have have started a large conversation, yeah. and I mean some of the and some of the before anyone brings up amiibo with this, event you will eventually get what you want with amiibo. It's guaranteed, like it's going to come you because you have unlimited access to it. Whereas with a loot box, eh, not so much. 
and mm-hmm. like don't lock the true ending of your game behind a freaking loot box. I'm looking at you, Shadow of War. You know it's either almost as bad or even worse is Azura's Wrath, the anime game. The, so where the the, the ending true was ending DLC. Is DLC. <laughs> that well uh, yeah, that was that was kind of scummy, but that's also Capcom. And apparently they haven't learned because now they're making arcade. Well, at least arcade mode is a free update in, in Street Fighter V. Yeah, it seems like they're handling that kind of the best way they could be, given how uh, not great Capcom's been in recent years. Yeah, I just I just look forward to the inevitable loot boxes in Monster Hunter World. Maybe I give that fifty fifty. Nah, it's it's Capcom. They're desperate for the money, and I think they think they can get away with it. I don't think loot boxes are inherently bad, though. I don't think like like the thing is, if if you don't have an addictive personality, and if you can game responsibly, and if it's regulated better, a little bit of gambling is fun if it's done smart. What you can't do is lock important video game stuff behind it. The Overwatch method of making extra cosmetics, as long as the game is balanced correctly, I think that's a fun way to do a video game. The problem is everyone's so anxious to make money that they end up compromising the quality of their art in the process. That's that's how I feel, at least. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, but but Cuphead's beautiful, I think. If we're talking about three games at the end of this year that pushed the medium forward. Uh, I mean, I can't speak for Odyssey yet because it hasn't come out, but based on what I've played of Odyssey, it seems like it's going to be Zelda, Odyssey, and Cuphead. Like, those are going to be the games we're talking about at the end of this year. Like, like that game is is a really special thing, and I feel like... Microsoft and Funko and a lot of other people know it's a special thing because they had that many products up for pre-order from Studio MDHR before the game even came out. And some people are saying, like, hey, maybe Microsoft should buy PUBG. I think Microsoft should buy Cuphead. And I don't want them to. I will be much happier if they don't. But But, if Microsoft bought Cuphead, that would be a smart IP decision, I feel. Yeah, because that that seems like it... If, I mean... They'd be buying PUBG at sort of a... a Potentially at the highest point, although given the fact that it keeps breaking Steam records, that's... that's It's entirely possible that thing could keep growing beyond anyone's wildest dreams, but... Cup that that seems like the kind of thing that would be one and done versus well whereas Cuphead they could if they're smart about it that could be a replacement if Halo goes under. <laughs> I I don't think Halo's going to go under necessarily. And I don't know is is that a fear you actually have? I mean the quality of Halo's been diminishing for a few years, but I don't think it's in any danger. I'm well I'm just worried that Microsoft is going to. Microsoft in their attempt to f- focus on the the PC portion of it, I really wonder if the next Halo game is going to be PC only. The next one won't be. Uh, I think unless the Xbox One X completely bombs, and unless the um the Xbox One does even worse, 
the next Halo will be dual console and PC. I do think the next game is going to be dual console and PC, but I think it's going to take at least two more console-inclusive Halo games before Microsoft moves into the PC as their primary platform, which I think is coming, but I don't think it's yet. Uh, let's see. We, we, we have a couple more games to discuss. Actually, no, I, I brought up Bayonetta 1 and 2. Yeah. I'm looking forward to playing that. I think I'm going to play that tonight. You, you told me that's quite a good game. The Well, let's put it this way. Before my The last game of the year that I did before I started with NWR was 2014, and Bayonetta 2 was my game of the year that year. And 1 is apparently even better. Although... You never you, played 1. I... I got a bit into one, but I was more f- I was more focused on two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although I did buy Bayonetta one twice, once on Wii U, once on 360, of like the the version that killed outside porting for platinum games. So that's. Some, but I think I think you'll probably get into one more, even okay. if it's the Nintendo version of it. Okay, so my plan is I have the one disc in my in my recently reinstalled Wii U, and I think I'm gonna play that first, and then I'm gonna play Bayonetta two second, and I I really want to get into Bayonetta. Platinum Platinum's had a very mixed sort of history with me. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance is like if I made a top fifty list of games, that would probably be top twenty five. I think that game's damn near perfect. Uh, I didn't necessarily love. Uh, gosh, what what games am I thinking of right now? I I liked Near Automata. I th- I think that was fine. Beautiful Joe. It was that was that a platinum game or was that just that a was game? that that was Clover? But a lot of that staff went on to platinum. Okay, well, let me see. I need to see a list of their games. Wonderful then, one. They've got Wonderful One Hundred One, Vanquish. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, Platinum Games. It's one word. Games developed. Anarchy Reigns was okay. I liked Mad World. Need to play Bayonetta 1 and 2. Love Metal Gear Rising. Vanquish was good. I, I liked Vanquish. I played that on PC earlier this year. Didn't love Wonderful 101. Transformers Devastation. I don't think I played that one. Yeah. that those Those smaller projects that they did for... Activision, I think, is outsourced. Those were like the the B team, and I mean, I Cora was okay, but mm-hmm. I I had no interest in Transformers at sixty bucks. Yeah, Star Fox Zero was good. Uh, had had a lot of room for improvement, but it was good. Star Fox Guard, I thought it was okay. Didn't dig it. Near Automata, one of the most affecting games for me of this year, although not not for its gameplay. So, so I have mixed feelings on that. Yeah, and it and it seems like most of the criticisms at that were leveled at Star Fox Zero were from decisions made above Platinum's head. Right. Yeah, and and I since I played Star Fox Two because th- this transitions nicely into the SNES Classic. I did I did get the SNES Classic. One of the things I noticed from playing Star Fox Two is that Star Fox Zero is in many ways trying to capture what Nintendo liked about Star Fox 2 and Star Fox 1 on the SNES. Namely, going in first person sometimes, having a cockpit view, which is something that the SNES games totally did that 64 didn't really do. 
Uh, it, it's switching vehicles, which is a thing in Star Fox 2. Uh, adding a, not a lot of characters, but but a select handful of them. Like, Star Fox Zero almost seems like them trying to make good on Star Fox 2 in a lot of ways. Although that's not fair, because my first time seeing Star Fox 2 was playing it just the other week. And that's one of the weirdest damn games I've ever played. Yeah, I, I've unlocked it, but I'm honestly, like, it, it's giving me the same warning signs as come up with anything that mentions roguelike elements. Mm-hmm. Have you, you, did you play it on yours? No, I've, I unlocked it. Like I said, I haven't played it yet. Okay. That game has no traditional Star Fox levels whatsoever. It has very short levels... And then most of the 30-minute game, because it took me like 35 minutes to beat that whole thing, most of it was on the walker. All of the bosses were extremely easy. I, I need to play the normal or, or the hard and expert mode of that, because Neil says that that game gets a lot better through those modes. But it, it's it's like a huge, not a punch in the gut, but it knocks you on your ass, basically, and how different it is and how inventive it is compared to Star Fox games. And I don't necessarily think it's a great game, but I think it's great that that game exists. Yeah, I'm I'm glad it I'm glad it finally got out there just so we can finally see what we've been missing for 20 plus 1 years. Mhm. But if you give me a system that has Yoshi's Island and Final Fantasy 6 and once I get my uh once I get my Hakshi on uh stuff like Terranigma on it, Star Fox 2 is going to be way down the priority list. Yeah, that's fair. It, it's only 30 minutes, so if you have time to put aside, which I, which I know is difficult because you have a new job and everything, but if you get 30 to 45 minutes to put aside, I recommend turn on Star Fox 2, clear the normal mode, just so for your mind, like you can say that you've played through Star Fox 2. Yeah, I'll probably need to do that just for game of the year. <laughs> Yeah, because Star Fox like 2 is eligible for Game of the Year. <laughs> Kurt says that Star Fox 2 is essentially Star Fox Command if the entire game was one level, and I find that to be a very astute observation. It's Star Fox Command does a very similar uh, open range sort of combat, like not many levels, very open rangey. Uh, Max says, if it's Zelda Cup had Mario at the end of the year, as 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 I suggested, that the the duel may come down to that means no sony and i don't think that's necessarily true because they have persona 5 which is an atlas game and they have yakuza 0 which is an atlas game and they have horizon and i think a lot of people are going to be talking about horizon at the end of the year because horizon is a very good game by most accounts i just didn't personally get into it yakuza 0 is going to get a lot of love at the end of the year or at least a decent amount of love because it's the game that I would say got some chunk of the semi-mainstream game enthusiasts into the Yakuza series. And Persona 5, like Dark Souls, wow. the shit out of uh, Persona and made that series totally a mainstream JRPG series. If I think the only thing holding Persona 5 back is honestly Atlas itself. Mainly their executives. Yeah, yeah. And Persona 5, I thought, was was very good. You beat that game, right? The, yeah, and right now it's actually my number one. It's it's your number one. I loved 
a lot of things about Persona Five. I, I thought I thought it was it was quite a good game. My most of my problem was that I felt that game could have been uh, cut down a bit. I I do understand some of the complaints with the translation, and I I it feels slightly bloated compared to Persona Four. Although in Persona Four was not a not bloated game. Yeah, <laughs> even though it's one of my I, favorites. I kind of wish I had more time to play Persona Five, <laughs> like like more time more time in the storyline because I the way I played that game uh, there was a lot of a lot of things in that game that I never got to experience because I was so focused on trying to max all the social links in one shot mm-hmm. I concur Max says Star Fox 2 is a greater combat variety than Command that's probably true considering it has the uh, the new vehicle Star Fox 2 also is a beautiful looking game in the context of what it is so play Star Fox 1 just very briefly, feel that frame rate, feel the, the choppiness, feel the uh, technical ambition, and then play Star Fox 2, and they totally improve everything. Like, I think the visuals take an upgrade, and I think the frame rate even improves just a little bit. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a very interesting, interesting thing. Anyways, I've been playing the SNES Classic. Uh, what have I been playing on it? I played Donkey Kong Country 1. The first half of that game is awesome. The second half of that game is really bullshitty. I I like it. I th- I think as someone who loves the heck out of Donkey Kong Country Returns and likes Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze a lot, that I got into this game in a way I didn't expect. But it, it's it's also relatively primitive, and I hear the second game is much much better. Yeah. If. I understand why DKC one is on here, but one of those things that I'm looking to when I if I ever get into expanding my SNES Classic, which I'll probably have to at some point, one of the things I'm definitely putting on there is DKC two because it is the it is a far better game than one. We're not gonna talk about this too much, but is it easy to do that? Uh, yeah. From my understanding, it's just like there's a program that that you run on the computer and you basically hook it up via USB, which is what it uses for power. Oh, wow. That's so, so you don't even need an SD card or, I mean, we shouldn't be talking about this, but that, that's, it's very interesting. Yeah. They, they just, up, well, I'm, I suppose it is news that they've updated the program today to support the SNS classic, nice. at least in, in a beta form. So the final version of that's probably going to be out by the time we do the show next week. Mm-hmm. Curtis says DKC2 is the, is the best in the trilogy. By far. Uh, Kurt uh, also says that he just did it today. It's basically just drag and drop once you install the custom kernel. Cool. I am done talking about installing other video games. No one here is going to do it. Donald's not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Buy your games. Don't. And and whatever you do, do it legally. That, that's that's all I'm saying. We don't we don't endorse anything. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, 300 people are going to see this, but still covering us just a little bit. Well, well let's, yeah. Yeah. I'll, if given the opportunity, always buy your games. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree with that. And also don't pirate games like Cuphead and don't pirate games like SteamWorld Dig 2 that the developers worked really hard on. Um, and at the bare minimum, uh, don't do it. But if you ever do it and if you like it, Consider buying it because after 
because games are their lifeblood and and they need that money really really bad because they're making games and it's it's a really expensive thing to do if you don't have a major publisher backing you or, or it's a really risky thing to do um but but that's that, that that's obvious Doug says and and we should close on this one what do you want to see in the Pokemon game for the Switch uh well I hope they come up with a new world that just you, that takes advantage of the fact that we're running on a HD console and don't just go for the lazy thing of throw every world in there. Yeah. Because the balance for that will be completely out of whack. Because I think a lot of people are learning now that gold and silver are out on VC. Mm hmm. So I remember when the red and blue came out on 3ds virtual console the main impression of that was people were a lot of people were coming to terms with the fact that red blue yellow did not age as well as our minds want us to believe they did were gold and silver a similar case or do those hold up better i i'm the complete wrong person to ask about this considering i haven't i haven't bought gold and silver and the only reason that I would even consider it at this point is because of the presence of Celebi or my roommate. Oh, you don't like Gold and Silver that much, right? I've that game had that game I've written more about than any person realistically ever should. And I, I, I having played Pokemon games since then, I cannot go back to it. Mm. I, I can't even really go back to Heart Gold and Soul Silver just because I see. They they did some work with Harkle and Soul Silver to sort of fix some of the prime complaints that I had with with Gold Silver in the first place, but it, it there's just so much wasted potential in those games that just because Mr. Iwata could get Kanto in there doesn't mean he should have. Okay, okay, I understand. I um, I think the part I disagree. I think we agree on the fact. That gold and silver squeezes in, it, it it's kind of it, it's kind of choppy and unfinished, and kind of a mess in some ways. But I think while you think it's a mess, I'm of the opinion that it's a beautiful mess. And then we've talked about this before. I think the heart of the Pokemon developers is so apparent in that game, and I think the heart of Pokemon is so apparent in that game. In, in ways that haven't been captured since I, the GBA generation, I feel. Yeah, it's just that so many of the, like, if I'm going to a new location, I expect new Pokemon to show up, and the fact that 80% of gold and silver is basically Pidgey, Rattata, the old water types all over again, and, so, and a, a not insignificant amount of the new Pokemon are in Kanto for some reason when they probably should have been in the old world is just one of those other things that just puts me off the game sure sure i'm a big fan of games i i actually kind of like ambitious games that end up slightly unfinished that that, that, that are super because when i when there's a game like this and a game like uh, metal gear solid 5 which i consider to be the modern pokemon gold and silver in a lot of ways and, and, and the way that game feels and the way that game ultimately turns out, you can tell that a lot of people suffered to make their art a reality when, when you play those games.
and and it's not like I'm enjoying their suffering. They want me to enjoy this game, and I am enjoying this game. But I can feel the heart and passion in those games, partially because they're not polished to a T, and partially because they're kind of a mess. But underneath that mess, and even through that mess, and even because of that mess, sometimes, like like if you just you just see some some pieces of brilliance that you just don't see in any other game. I don't know. I'm rambling. This this is this is something for written content more than just something I'm coming up with now. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should boot up the NGS Five that downloaded my PS4 this week and give it a shot. Do Turn you? It. Mm-hmm. it was free on PS Plus. So. Right, right, right. Did you play Ground Zeroes? That that was free on PS Plus too. I haven't played it, but I do have it on the hard drive. Okay, okay. And do you know the story of Metal Gear? In, enough that I, I sort of know that this is this is trying to fill in some of the gaps in the series. Like I'm, thanks to stuff like Giant Bomb Game of the Year, I am well familiar with how like MGS Four ended, which was sort of the end of the series as far as like there's going to be no more Solid Snake after this. But I know that Five is supposed to be an attempt to fill in some of the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I saw the ending of three, so I can probably work it from there. It's a very love it or hate it game. I think I, I think that game stylized realism, and and I think it does it tremendously. Anyways, we're talking about Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. We had no news, and we took this thing to an hour. I I think it's time that we end this installment, this forty ninth episode of Nintendo News Report. We, we got 50 coming next week. Follow us on iTunes. Uh, review us. I'll read it on the show. It seems like there's some reviews that I haven't read on the actual website of iTunes that I noticed. Uh, there are issues with the Google Play version, although not many people listen to it through the Google Play version. It turns out we haven't been updated since like episode 30 on that one. And I've been talking to Google support, so hopefully that one should be fixed in the near future. Uh, but follow us on iTunes, review us. I'll read it on the show. Uh, I'm getting settled into my new technology and my new job, so the turnaround time on the MP3 version should be much quicker. Patreon.com slash NWR. Support the site that supports this show. NintendoWorldReport.com for lots of great Nintendo content. Uh, follow us on Twitter. At Kulafia, C-U-L-A-F-I-A. At Donald Mick, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. Also listen to Nintendo Free Radio. That is at NFR Podcast. Yeah, episode 100 should be out within about seven. I'm hoping to have it out by Tuesday night, um, just so I can get some time and to actually play some games. But um, there's going to be some changes coming after episode 100 goes out. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess. I guess no spoilers, but a little bit of tease. Is it, is it a personnel thing? Uh, it is. We're, we're finally doing something that we should have honestly done a long time ago. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So it may, maybe a format. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll find out for myself. All right. That's our show. Have a wonderful month. Good night. Bye.